Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that includes everything you need to ace your GRE exam. A full textbook, videos on key topics, tons of GRE questions backed by a memory-enhancing algorithm, a built-in study planner and machine learning essay grader, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Yuri Gotsman with us from Test Crackers. Welcome back, Yuri. We're excited to have you back. And if you could just give a brief intro of yourself and Test Crackers for those of you who haven't heard you before. Thanks so much for having us, uh, Tyler. I really appreciate it. Um, it's always good to be with you. My name is Yuri Gottesman. I co-founded Test Crackers. We do live uh, small group classes uh, that are online, and you can find out about us at testcrackers.org. Great. So today we're going to be learning one of these, I don't know if you'd call it sort of a test crackers method or just kind of a general method, um, but a way to solve Jiri quantitative comparison questions. Um, that does not involve plugging in numbers, or at least it doesn't focus on that. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'd love if you could kind of walk us through what the strategy is, kind of how it works, and then we can go through some examples. Absolutely. Um, so I will start by talking about my uncle, Stephen. Uh, he was a, a great guy, and uh, he was very talkative, and he liked to use hand gestures to elucidate uh, certain things. Uh, and He said one time when I was talking about something, he said, Yuri, that's really the long way of doing something. It's as if you had an itch in your left ear and you raised your right hand up above your head and reached over and scratched your left ear. And uh, (laughs) and I thought that that was a kind of a nice way of saying, hey, you're doing things the long way. Um, You could just raise your left hand and. It's your left ear. Uh, well, sometimes plugging in numbers uh, for quantitative comparison problems is a little bit like using your right hand to scratch your left ear, and that occasionally it is the long way of doing these problems. And I'm not implying that you should never plug in numbers for these problems, but I am saying there's this other tool that you can use uh, to quickly algebraically solve these problems. Right. And it's always good to have uh, more tools in your toolbox and particularly to have, you know, different ones for different types of problems. So let's go through this. I'd love to hear about this method. Awesome. So we call it the simplify strategy. And this is when you have quantitative comparison problems. That's where you have two quantities, quantity A and quantity B. And uh, uh, instead of plugging in numbers, we can treat these quantities as if it's an inequality and we're trying to simplify Mm -hmm. the inequality. And there are three basic rules that we use uh, for this simplify strategy. I'll go through, I'll just list the rules and then we'll do some questions together uh, to, uh, for examples. Uh, Rule number one is in order to simplify the quantities, you can add or subtract the same value from both sides. Um, So as long as you have the same value on both sides, you can add it or you can subtract it to try to uh, simplify quantities. 
uh, rule number two is you can multiply or divide both sides by positive numbers or variables that you know are positive. And this is really important when you're multiplying or dividing that uh, they are positive. And that's because in an inequality, when you multiply or divide by negatives, the sign has to change. And so we have to mm -hmm. consider that. Um, but if they're positive values, you can multiply or divide uh, to your heart's content and not worry about the sign. And then um, Got it. lastly, and, not, and most people don't do this, but you can multiply or divide both sides by negatives or variables that you know are negative. But you've got to switch the quantities, which means quantity A becomes B. I literally cross off A and write B, and quantity mm -hmm. B becomes A. And I literally cross off B, and it becomes A. If we were in an inequality, that would be the equivalent of switching the sign. But in a quantitative comparison, we don't know what the sign is, so we literally can't switch it. But we can mm -hmm. switch the quantities, and that switches the sign. Got it. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Well, and so I guess for me, um, before we get into the examples, maybe it'd be helpful to just share when would you do this instead of plugging in numbers? Like, when is where does this technique really shine? The short answer is always. Um, but the longer answer, the longer answer is anytime you can simplify, you should. And uh, generally, this is really good for problems with variables or problems with quantities in uh, numeric quantities for quantity A and quantity B. So anytime there are numbers in the quantities or variables, you want to try simplifying. And I'll, I'll tell you why. So with, uh, with plugging in numbers, my students often miss answer choice D when they plug in numbers. And uh, mm -hmm. the reason for that is if you plug in numbers for variables in a quantitative comparison, and then let's say that with those numbers, quantity A is greater than quantity B, then you try another set of numbers and quantity A is still greater than quantity B. Then you look at the clock and you're like, oh, shoot, I, I better go on to the next question. It looks like A is going to win. Well, if you didn't choose the exact right numbers that showed that maybe B is greater than A or that the quantities are equal, you would miss an answer choice D there. Plugging in numbers mm -hmm. is also quite time intensive. And um, right. if you can simplify, use the simplify strategy, it's usually much quicker, but also more accurate because the goal of simplify is to have like two quantities. A is 20 and B is two. And, and then you're looking at 20 versus two and you're like, hmm, I think 20 wins. You know, that's the goal mm -hmm. is to get it down to numbers that we can um, uh, clearly see which one is greater. Yeah. Okay. Then that sounds good. I mean, I think thanks for explaining that because I think that a lot of people love to plug in numbers on these types of problems because it's, it's a little bit of a safety blanket, right? Like everyone likes to get to a real answer and not just get to kind of an abstract answer, but that's exactly what quantitative comparison is. It's abstract. It's, you know, you, you won't be able to solve for X most almost all the time. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, with those three rules in mind, I thought, dear listener, if you wouldn't mind writing down <laughs> this quantitative comparison and Tyler, we can go through it together um, just so that uh, we can talk about the rule number one, which is to add or subtract the same value uh, from both sides. And here's an example problem. The condition above the quantities says x is greater than zero. Uh, quantity A is this quantity, 2x minus CD. So quantity A <laughs> is 2x minus CD. And quantity B is 3x minus CD. And I'll repeat, quantity B is 3x minus CD. My question to you, Tyler, right. and, is and x is yeah. greater than zero. That's and and just repeating that because that's pretty. That's like I like to kind of circle back to the to that at, at the end. Absolutely, the condition is that x is greater than zero. The condition applies to uh, both uh, quantities. My question to you, mm -hmm. Tyler, is is there something on both quantities that is of the same value that we can add or subtract? Yeah. So I mean, CD. We don't know what that is, but it's identical on both sides. It's just negative CD. So we could just add CD to both sides. Absolutely. You're right. We don't know the value of CD, but we also don't care because uh, CD is the same on both sides. So if you add CD to both sides, what does quantity A now become? 2x. And what does quantity B become? 3x. Awesome. Now, I'm not saying that that's simple. But it is simpler than what we started with. And that's the idea, to simplify this. Um, so quantity A is 2x, quantity B is 3x. And I want to uh, briefly review rule number two, which is to multiply or divide both sides by positive values or variables that you know are positive. What was the condition again for this question? X is greater than zero. So quantity A is 2X and quantity B is 3X. Anything we could multiply or divide both sides by? Well, by X. <laughs> ah, and when you do that, you got to make sure that that value is positive. Do you know that that's positive? Um, it says X is greater than zero, yeah. Exactly. So if we divide both sides by X, what's quantity A? Quantity A is 2 and quantity B is 3. Who wins? Obviously, it's uh, quantity B is greater. That's awesome. That's the simplify strategy. You know, and how right. satisfying is that when you get down to like two numbers uh, and you can right. and tell which one is uh, greater? Do you want to try a really tough one? Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Awesome. Okay, so this is from ETS, the company that makes the GRE, and this is from their official guide on page 338 in practice test one, number four. Uh, and I will read the question. Uh, there is a condition for this question. The condition is ST, so the variable S times T, equals mm -hmm. the square root of 10. That's the condition. Okay. And then quantity A is S squared, and quantity B is 10 divided by T squared. Um, should I repeat that for our listeners? 
No, I think that all is good. So okay. it's S, ST equals root 10. Quantity A is S squared. Quantity B is 10 divided by T squared. Now, honestly, um, looking at this, this is I, I do not know where to start, even using your method, right? Excellent. Let's see. We could, we could multiply both sides by T squared, so that quantity B is just 10. Is that, is that the right direction? That's absolutely the right direction. Tyler, do you and I know each other very well? <laughs> From these podcasts, maybe. I'm going to ask you a personal question. Uh, about myself. Uh, per- okay. And that, that question is, uh, do you happen to know what my n- number one enemy in life is? Mm, I do not. <laughs> so we don't know each other that well, but take a guess. Mm, I don't know. Uncle Steven? No, I love my Uncle Steven. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. You know, I asked this question in, in my class. I asked a question, you happen to know what my number one enemy in life is? And I have to say that I was looking a little scruffy at the time. It had uh, been a few uh, weeks since I shaved and I had kind of a, a beard. And one of my students said, a razor. And I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, my number one enemy in life is not a razor. It, my number one enemy in life are denominators. Anytime mm. I see a denominator, I have this urge to get rid of it. And uh, right. question for you, what's your number one enemy in life? Um, probably square roots and fractions, oh, if we're talking math. I was hoping you would say denominators. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yes, yes. If you see a denominator, you want to get rid of it. That's going to make our life easier. In fact, Tyler, that is what you did. When you multiplied both sides of this quantitative comparison problem by t squared. Um, but mm-hmm. when you're multiplying or dividing by a number, what do we have to make sure of? Well, that's positive or negative. Exactly. Do you know whether t squared is positive or negative? Well, we, it's positive because squares have to be positive. Kinda. Squares have to be non-negative. They could be zero. Oh, sure. It could Um, be zero. But in our case, is it possible that t is zero? No, because st is equals not zero. Right. So therefore, you are correct that t squared (laughs) is a positive number, which means it is totally cool to multiply both sides by t squared. And when you do, right. when you do, that's that, a good check, though. I feel like that check is something that I would miss and then get a question wrong for. Yes, that's why you've got me on here, Tyler. What is <laughs> quantity B become when you multiply it by t squared? Uh, so quantity B just becomes 10, which is pretty easy. That's kind of done. That side is nice. Good. Nice. And what about quantity A? So quantity A becomes s squared times t squared. So the question I have, and I think this is just like an exponents rule question that I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you have S squared T squared and then ST equals root 10, mm-hmm. does that mean that S squared T squared equals 10? Like, does it work that way? It does. I feel like there's probably a math way to show that, but I just need, it's been a minute. <laughs> I feel like that's a challenge. Challenge accepted, Tyler. Okay. Uh, check this out. Um, uh, take uh, the quantity. A, 
AB and mm-hmm. let's square AB. Square that whole quantity AB. What do you get? Um, is it just A squared B squared or right. am I underthinking it? No, you're correctly thinking okay. it. Yes. It's not, it's not a quadratic good. <laughs> yeah, it's A squared B squared because AB all squared just means AB times AB. And then there's A multiplied by A, which is A squared, and B multiplied by B, which is B squared. So if AB all squared equals A squared B squared, then can't we go the other way and say A squared B squared equals AB all squared? You know, if like... Um, yes? If X, yeah. if X equals Y, doesn't Y have to equal X? Right. So, therefore... S squared T squared has to go back to ST all squared. And what I'm saying. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, you can write it either way. And so, therefore, quantity A becomes ST squared. And then, hey, ST is equal to root 10. So, when you take root 10 and square it, it becomes 10. Awesome. Awesome. And then, what do you have? And, and when we say ST squared, what we really mean is ST all squared, ST in parentheses, squared, right? Um, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Cool. So quantity A is is what again? 10. And quantity B? Is 10. Who wins? They are tied, or equivalent, or whatever the official, the official uh, way of saying that they're equal is on the test. Yeah, I don't even know. I would say they're equal. Yes, exactly. Um, that's it. And so we would get uh, answer choice C uh, in that case. Um, Did that make sense, how to do it? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. The third and final rule for this simplify strategy is that, and most people are a little scared of this one, but we can do it, is that you can multiply or divide both sides by negatives or Mm -hmm. variables you know are negative, but you have to flip the quantities. And so Mm -hmm. what I want to caution folks is that when you add or subtract, you could be real free with that. You add or subtract whatever you want to both sides, and it's cool. As long as it has the same value, we don't care, it's fine. But when you multiply or divide, you got to be really careful. You have to know the sign of what you're multiplying or dividing by. So like, mm-hmm. if I were going to tr- multiply both sides by the quantity Q, and I didn't mm-hmm. know whether Q was positive or negative. I couldn't do it with this strategy. Right. Um, got it. Um, okay. So anytime multiplying or dividing, you got to ask yourself the question, what's the sign? What's the sign? Mm-hmm. It's like a bad pickup line in the bar. Like, what's your sign? Okay. You, you got to ask, right. you got to ask that question. <laughs> um Great. So then, yeah, let's do this next problem. All right. The next uh, sample question is a condition, again, which is above the quantities. The condition says x is less than negative 3. x is less Mm -hmm. than negative 3. That applies to both quantities. Quantity a is a fraction. Negative 7 over x. And quantity b is a different fraction. Negative 6 over x. Okay. Now, Tyler, can you remind me what your number one enemy in life is? 
the denominator. Oh yes, mine too. What a coincidence. Okay, I think this is how hatred is formed. Okay, great, uh, great. So we have a common enemy uh, of, of denominators, and um, how can we simplify this problem? Well, uh, given that there's a negative seven x and there's negative, or sorry, negative uh, seven divided by x and negative six divided by x for quantities a and b respectively. It makes sense to multiply either by x, or you could multiply by negative x if you want to be tricky. And so which one of these would you recommend? Oh, either one is totally cool. I uh, like getting... What, what gives the example better? Yeah, what, what like lays it out better? I'd, like, I'd, I'd suggest uh, multiplying both sides by x, just so that we can figure out, just so we can use this rule of multiplying or dividing yeah. by a negative. But if you wanted to, it's a little bit tricky for some people. If you want to multiply both sides by negative x, that's cool. But negative x is actually a positive number. And people have a hard time seeing that in my experience, uh, that negative x equals a positive. Um, so that's a little bit tricky, but if that's cool to you, that's awesome. Uh, however, um, multiplying both sides by x, we have to ask our question, what's x's sign? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it's negative because it's less than negative three. When you multiply or divide by a negative, what must we do? Uh, you must switch quantities a and b. Yeah, and the way so that... tell me how this works, right? Because yeah, yeah so walk me through this. This is the tricky one. What I do is where I've written a the letter a for quantity a, I literally cross it out and write b on top of it. Mm -hmm. And where I have written the letter b for quantity b, I cross that off and write a on top of it. So now, what I'm going to do instead of talking about the quantities, I'm going to talk about the left side which is quantity B now, and the right side, which is quantity A. Um, so that's what you have to do when you multiply so now, divide so by So now we're x. saying quantity B is negative 7 divided by x multiplied by x? Yes, the left side. Let's call it the left side, right? Uh, sure, left side. And what's, cool? is, what's, the right yeah. side? what's the right side? Well, that would be negative 6 divided by x multiplied by x. So all those x's cancel out, and we end up with the left side being negative 7 and the right side being negative 6. Awesome. Now, who is bigger, negative 7 or negative 6? Negative 6 is bigger. And then tell me what quantity that refers to. Yeah, that's where it's kind of tricky. So is it quantity A? Yeah. Right? You... you crossed off b and wrote a that's the right side now and negative six is still on the right side right and when you when you refer to the right side of the um quantitative comparison what letter do you have above that right letter a that's it yeah that's okay i see that it screws you up because basically the six and seven switch places in a way but like it makes sense because x is negative and you've got a, a a double negative going on, so you want basically like the bigger number. And okay, uh, <laughs> it's definitely it definitely messes with your head a little bit. If you cross off the letters and write the new letters, if you try it a few times, it should be okay. 
right? Like if you cross off quantity B and write A on top of it, and then you just, you don't move the sides at all. You're just yeah, yeah. replacing the letter. Then on the right side, you have negative six. And then you're like, oh, that's bigger than negative seven. What does negative six refer to? Which quantity? And you look up and it says quantity A. Yeah. Right. And you're done. Yeah. I mean, it works. It definitely, uh, it definitely works. It definitely also messes with you, I think, a little bit. <laughs> it is that is tricky. Your other idea of multiplying both sides by negative x was a quite good one. And if you do that, you wouldn't have to switch the quantities. Uh, yeah, that's actually because then it would basically be 7 and 6, and a is 7 in that case. That's exactly, interesting. That's exactly right. And but you have to you do have to recognize that negative x is a positive number to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Which is cool. Um, and then you are multiplying by a positive, so you don't switch the quantities. Awesome. Um, do you want to try one more uh, question that where we can use uh, simplify? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is from another ETS book called Quantitative Reasoning Practice Questions. This is from uh, page 67, um, and the condition says x is greater than zero. Uh, mm -hmm. Quantity A says, as a fraction, one divided by x. Quantity B is another fraction. The numerator is x plus one, and the denominator mm -hmm. is x squared. And, and mm -hmm. that is our question. And uh, I can see how this one is a lot easier with the simplify strategy than the plug in number strategy. Because for this one, you just want to multiply both sides by x squared. Ah, bingo. Uh, bingo. Yeah, because then the left side becomes x, right? 1 divided by x multiplied by x squared equals x. Good. And the other side is x plus 1 divided by x squared multiplied by x squared is x plus 1. So it's literally x versus x plus one. Tyler, I want <laughs> you to always stop know you. that x plus one is bigger. I know what you're thinking that one of them is bigger than the other, but I I want you to resist that urge. So in quantity A, you're down to x. In quantity B, mm -hmm. you're down to x plus one. I want to right. challenge you to continue using the simplify strategy. Is there anything we can add or subtract to both sides at this point? Oh, I see. Yeah, we could get rid of x. Ah. Do you know, uh, and, and at this point, because you're just subtracting x, we don't even care about its sign. Remember, we only care mm -hmm. about the sign when we're multiplying or dividing. So what is quantity mm. A if we subtract x from both sides? Zero. What's quantity B? One. Who wins? Uh, quantity B. Awesome. There's a computer science joke in here somewhere about zeros and ones, but I don't know enough about computer science to make that joke. Um, uh, uh, but you are correct uh, that quantity B uh, wins with the uh, simplify strategy. Um, that, Very cool. So those are the three rules that uh, that we at Test Crackers have, have come up with to uh, to. Uh, explain the simplify strategy and my mm -hmm. advice to students when they're looking at an algebra problem uh, in a quantitative comparison question on the jury is try to simplify it as much as you can and if you get to a point where you can't simplify it further then plug in at that point 
Mm -hmm. Um, But first, I try to simplify. Very cool. And yeah, I think the last thing is um, I just would love if like just sort of you walk through like in the simplify strategy, just as a reminder, like what are the things that you're trying to get rid of kind of in order? Oh, excellent question. Okay. So simplifying is about making your life easier and it's usually about getting rid of things. Um, And the things that I look to, to get rid of are number one, denominators. Try to get rid of them. My worst enemy, if you can get rid of them, immediately try to zap your denominators. Uh, Number two, variables. The fewer Mm. the variables you have, the better. If you have like X on both sides, subtract X, you know, uh, try Mm. to get rid of it. Uh, if you're trying to divide or multiply by a variable, remember you have to know its sign to do that, but try to get rid of your variables. Um, absolute value signs. If, and there's ways to get rid of absolute value signs, but you do want to get rid of those absolute value signs if you can. Uh, your enemy originally, radicals and exponents, you, you do want to get rid of those as well. Uh, that will make life easier. And then unbunched variables. What I mean by that is if you have like X's on one side and X's on the other side, um, it's, it's actually the opposite of life. Like you want your X's on the same in the same room. Um, in life, you probably don't want your X's in the same room. But uh, in a quantitative comparison problem, you do. Uh, bunch your variables. Get your X's together. Get your Y's together. Uh, and that uh, should make life a little bit easier. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. I really appreciate it. And it was really fun to do these exercises with you. Ah, I really appreciate your time, Tyler. And uh, it's always, uh, always really great to talk with you. Yeah. This has been Jiri Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Yuri Gotsman from Test Crackers. And Achievable has a great online Jiri course you can try for free by going to achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off if you like it.